Coffee Quad Time. now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips, demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Sparks. Well, a very good Southwest Florida morning to you. Very warm, sunny, and hot and humid here in Naples, Florida. Well, Jenny, how are you doing? I'm good. It's uh, a cool. 68 degrees right now, going up to 90 degrees, and the sun is definitely out. Another pretty day. Let's just hope our air conditioner can can hold up till we get the new one in. Um, <laughs> we would we lose yeah, seven? Well, we're keeping our fingers and toes crossed, but so far it's holding in. We lost done. seven, what seven pounds of they had to put in of that. Well, I forgot what it's called. R32, 34. Whatever, $77 a, a pound, so uh, hopefully, but you know if it leaks that much, there's probably a problem. So you're coping okay? Oh, yeah. I'm not complaining. Hey, it beats all the rain that Indiana's going to get. And all that all good stuff. Well, let's go to Albany, New York. and No, let's, let's leave Albany and go to Florida, Bill, because... Okay. Those- 
Dave, Dave and I are having the same weather here, and he's having pretty much the same weather that we're having in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and we're having in Albany, New York. Cold. I mean, it's 32 or 33 degrees right now. This is not normal for April, but I guess I'm not a meteorologist, so what do I know? Hopefully, hopefully we'll flip around and we'll start getting some spring and then some summer weather. But good morning, everybody, and hello to all on the panel. Well, all I'm going to say is I hope the Albany meteorologists are better than some of them down here that are broadcasting from home. It sounds like they're broadcasting from the worst bathroom or bathtub. Oh, some of those microphones. They're actually pretty good. I mean, the, the, they did they, what they've done is they put, I think they put these lavalier mics on them now, and they sound a lot better than they Well, I think they so, they yeah, didn't get the memo good. here. They didn't get the memo here yet, Jeff. The news. There is nothing worse than having somebody read news, and it's off mic, and you can hear them echoing and the echo and the ambience in the room is much louder than they are so all right tim in minnesota how are you tim not too bad it's um oh what around 42 degrees right now here and we're supposed to get up into the upper 60s so can't complain about that no, you can't, but you can't complain about your microphone. You're doing something different today. You sound different. I'm on a, well, actually a very cheap headset, but I, I kind of like the mic in it. <laughs> oh. Well, the it's doing... headphones are average, but... <laughs> doing, doing a very, very, very good job. Well, let's see. Altoona, Pennsylvania. Well, we're good. We're supposed to have sun today. But snow flurries this morning. Sun and snow flurries together, it says. Well, there you go. Well, that's a problem we don't have to worry about today. But other uh, than being cold, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking. That sounds very, very good. Let's see. Have I missed anybody on the panel? I think you have uh, everyone on the panel. Thank you, everybody. We can bring a few people in to talk because upcoming, upcoming I just, on to, I just knew it. I, I knew it too. But upcoming on today's show, we're going to teach you how to make a mask that you might need to wear, Dave and Chris are, and we're going to do that in just a few minutes in the front in the first hour, and then we're going to show you. How to cook with the new Amazon, what do you want to call it? Amazon Smart Oven. Right. So you want to get smart? You want to cook maybe a little more affordably? Well, do we have a plan for you? But we're first in a few minutes, we'll show you how to make that mask because these masks are going to be mandatory. Then I'm hearing... Yeah, mask not so good. So we'll see. So we'll, we'll we'll get to the hands in just a second. Let's get some of the people that have been waiting here just a little bit of time. Anybody that's in? Um, well, I guess we'll get to them. So Jeff, who do you want to go with first? Well, let's go with Bill, and then we'll go with Jerry. Okay. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, just. Checking in, it's uh, about been at low 50s today. We're going to rain, thunderstorms. Some places are getting rain already with sleet. On the northern suburbs, O'Hare Fields getting rain with sleet. And 
it's a strange day because it's 50 some degrees but we're getting sleet and that's what they, they said the weatherman and, and also the day you know what is day is earth day yeah and i heard a little while ago that the air air quality in the world they said it's improved since the since the corona because there's not much traffic hey some bill were you, were you listening to cbs uh, no, I have my oh. local radio station. Okay, because I heard that on CBS this morning. Yeah, the, the air quality is much better in some of the places like in China and even in the United States, San Francisco, L.A., the air quality is a whole lot better. That, and that's, uh, they're saying maybe it's done some good or, I don't know, but, you know, <laughs> the guy made it comment of that actress, well, maybe this has helped with some of the air quality. Well, that, that could be. They say you can actually see in California now, so um, actually can see blue sky. So we'll have to keep following that and see what happens and how quickly things get back to a quote-unquote not a new normal life, I think. Uh, we'll that, never have the normal we had, I can tell you that. I know. I know guys are in the restaurant business and... I was talking to one yesterday, and he was saying that they're probably going to have to cut. They can seat 100 people. They're going to probably have to cut it down to 30 or 40 people in the restaurant. All they'll be allowed. Right, but no, well, count, that's not, no that's, counter, sir. That's not a permanent thing, though. No, I meant that's what they'll have to do until they get a bill back. It might be a year before they get a bill back up. It's just the idea they're losing money now. Right, they're... If you make a go at 100 people seated, how much money are you going to make? You're going to get 30 or 40 people seated. And then, well, it's better than being closed completely. Well, yeah, right, right, right. And then, then, then the other thing, I was talking to um, my former manager, who I worked for 50 years, that they're worried because it's a big private club, and they have to follow the rules, and they have a big cafeteria that could seat at least 200. He said they may have to cut that cafeteria down to, to less than 100 or 100 people. And he was saying they've got to figure out how they're going to space people out in the building. Because, like, where I worked was in the swimming pool, uh, the sauna area and all that. Is you're still going to, They say they're still going to keep at least three to six foot apart. So does that mean you only get one person at a time in the steam room? You only let ten people in the area because you can only have one or two people in each spot? Or like the pool, the five-lane pool where you have to use the space? You're only going to be allowed two people in the pool at a time. It's, it's, it's going to be a mess for a while when they first open up, figuring out how they're going to work this out. I think there are going to be some lawsuits over this bill. Uh, and that's just my opinion. And I think that ultimately things will have to open up because these states can't get back to a normal economy and they're all going to be in deficit budget. And it, and what are they going to do? They're going to raise taxes and people, again, people are going to be... Don't worry. Really you got your, taxes, your taxes are going up in 20, at the end of in 2021. Don't worry. But the problem not, is getting, that you can't rely on people. You can't rely on people to do anything themselves, and be, because right. they found out here, if they've opened up some of the beaches, people don't social distance like they're supposed to. They no, pile no. up just like. No. I mean, you have to make barriers and make them do it because they're too dumb to help themselves. Evidently. Right. Well, you know, don't worry. You're going to get the tax. You're going to raise because you're not getting the stimulus packages for nothing. We're, we're not going to get into no politics. No I politics. Know, but I'm, okay, but I'm just saying. That. We're not doing that. Okay. All right. All right. 
Uh, next caller, Jeff. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead, Jerry. Good morning, everybody. About 30 degrees in Indiana, PA today. Christmas Street Capital World going up to 47. Uh, I have a favor. Can you give that phone number for the census again? That you gave last week? Yeah, we'll get that for you. Give us just a few minutes and we'll... Okay, thank you very get much. That, get that phone number for you. i got to just get prepared, but we'll give it for you in just a few moments. It's in my notes over here and I gotta concentrate on this for a minute but I'll get it for you Jerry and read it to you no problem at all anybody else Jill put her hand down but but uh, I can unmute her if she'd like okay uh it's up to you Bill I'll, no I'll, go ahead go ahead Gail you are unmuted by go ahead Gail I first of all I had to turn back on my speech so I can tell what's going on so that's the only thing I can do I'll, I'll turn it off again but um, like I said our, a lot of things here are closed I, I, I miss my green meal pizzas you can't get pizza I, you know because they don't deliver they're closed completely I miss my green meal pizzas well they haven't adapted to I the new activities yeah and all of this well your activities will come back i think eventually but your your restaurant must not have adapted to the new norm and either learn to do takeout or um delivery and it's going to be hard for them to survive you know because they haven't made the change i do think that when we see the vaccine some of this stuff will change I, I think you're right, Chris. And also, the the people in our country. Now, I'm not trying to get political, Jennifer, but I understand what you're saying. But if, if they continue this and, and really strict and everything else, there's going to be a lot of rebellion. And it's not just going to be in in, in the South. But it's going to all be right, in the country. I mean, even in New York, it's going to uh, happen. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm not, I'm not trying I, to I, Jeff. But the rebellion of the American people will, will dictate what really happens. Yeah, we've already started to see it. And the people that are rebelling are getting little kids involved in it and not wearing masks and getting close together like they don't care at all. Well, we'll see what happens to them. All right. Uh, have all the callers gone now? Yes. Okay. No well, then. Raised. Oh, another one? I didn't hear it. Okay. No, I said no. Okay. Yeah, no hand raised. All right. We're going to, so everybody can be correct we're going to do a short demo right now of dave and chris's homemade face mask and they've spared no expense at doing this no it's going to be very very reasonably priced right chris right it's easy to do uh the only thing i can say mm -hmm. is when you get your first one made if you want to if you think you're going to be reusing it a lot you might want to take a needle and thread or something and just take a few tucks so it doesn't come apart but they're super easy and super quick and super cheap and somebody told me the other day and I thought it was a good idea this was after we'd already made the demo so I'm just gonna say instead of using a pipe cleaner or half a pipe cleaner if you want that nose piece that you can bend over your nose you can also use a twist tie 
Yeah. I thought that was a good idea. Good, good enough. But before we go into that meeting, usually Mary Ann has something to say. So we want to make sure her weight level is down and all that stuff. Mary Ann, are you prepared to talk? Let's see if she's... Sorry, let me get to her. Hello. Actually, ahead, I just I just joined you guys because I just finished uh, a 45-minute cardio session and a lovely long stretch. Um, I have not weighed myself yet this morning, but give me about, oh, I don't know, five minutes, and I will do so and let you know. Okay, you can tell us about that after Chris and Dave's homemade mask demo. Is there anything else you wanted to impart on us before we went on this uh, making the mask journey? Well, um, <clears throat> making the masks is definitely good and definitely fun. I wanted to give folks a little heads up this morning that if you are interested, I will be happy to send Bill Sparks the information for a story circle that I will be hosting on Saturday well, along with my friend uh, Brian. We are co-hosting a Poetry for Personal Power Wellness and Resilience Story Circle. And it's really all about community wellness and speaking and listening to wellness happening and embracing some change in yourself and in your life and sort of getting beyond the COVID to your own personal best, which is something I'm doing an awful lot of work on. I recently started working out with an app called Aptivate and I'm truly enjoying it. It's, it's challenging me in ways that I didn't think I'd be embracing anytime soon, but I am and it's good for me. So these things are happening and I'm working my wellness and I want to help anyone else who is interested in doing that to get to a new place. And it doesn't have to be workouts. It doesn't have to be anything. Sometimes it's just getting your spirit in a good place or your, your mind, your soul, whatever you need and uh, this this uh, story circle on Saturday is going to be a zoom meeting and it's open to all and I encourage anyone who just wants to get a little more in touch with yourself to to take that opportunity because until you do it you don't realize how informative and changing it can be for you <laughs> very very good all right well what we're going to do now I wasn't sure if that meant that was good or not I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I think I better get to the demo. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Well, today we're going to do something just a little bit different. And with the problems we have now with the COVID-19 virus, um, Chris and I decided to show you how to make a face mask. And um, <laughs> we actually tried it, and it works. I got and these directions from the Surgeon General, so I know they're good ones. I know it's not just some fly-by-night thing. So if you want to cheap, be cheap like I am, <laughs> any way I can save a buck, I'm going to do it. So anyway... Um, 
in this day and age, you know, every dollar you got is worth its weight in gold, I guess. <laughs> so, anyway, um, first thing I will um, let Chris talk about it a little bit and how she got the uh, information. Okay, this is a homemade face mask. There's all kinds out there. You can buy some that are gathered that you can put a coffee filter in. You can buy, um, you can use a scarf or a bandana, but come this coming Sunday night, we are required to wear face masks. When you Sorry about the clock. I forgot to turn it off. When you go into a business, we're now required to wear face masks. And and as our Department of Health director is fond of saying, my face mask protects you and your face mask protects me. So that that's the reason, um, because they're finding this stuff spreads when you don't have any symptoms. But anyway... What you need is, you need a piece of cotton, and I would suggest a piece of thinner cotton because it's going to end up being several layers. So you, you don't want something, <clears throat> you don't want something you can't breathe through. I, I first tried this with a piece of printer paper, and it actually worked really well. I mean, you can't use that for a face mask because you can't breathe through it. But, <laughs> but if you if you want to practice with a piece of printer paper, that's a really good place to start and I got these directions from the United States Surgeon General believe it or not so it was pretty amazing and he did an excellent job describing it but here's what you need <clears throat> you need a piece of cotton about the size of a piece of printer paper or braille paper whatever eight eight and a half by eleven it can be a little bigger you wouldn't want it any smaller I don't think but if maybe if you have a big face, you you want to go with a legal size piece of paper. I don't know. Yeah, Chris has a really big. Face. <coughs> no, the eight and a half eleven work work for me just fine. And you also need two rubber bands. Now, these rubber bands are probably about. Two and a half inches, maybe two inches in diameter. It doesn't really matter as long as you have a good stretch on them. What I like are the rubber bands that you get from the good old post office. They work really well. And if you want to make it bend around your nose, you need about a five or four or five inch section of pipe cleaner, which I, I didn't do that part, but it would work. Now, he didn't talk about the pipe cleaner. That's my idea, but it would work. I don't have any here to try, but a lot of the face masks have a little bit of wire that will, if it goes over the top of your nose a little bit, you can bend that wire around your nose and it holds on a little bit. You bend better. that down over the, the uh, cotton that goes over top well, of your I'm, nose. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell them where to put it when, when I make it. So you, you lay this piece of... Um, material, cotton, down on the table and you lay it short side from right to left and long side from in front of you to away from you. So you want the 12 inch side or 11, whatever. You want that side going from you away from you. You're going to take, you're going to find the middle. You can either do it by guessing because you don't have to be exact. This isn't 
science project. But if you want to be a little sure, if you're not if you're not good with distances, you can fold your material, take the top of it, fold it down to the bottom. Don't don't change where you have it. Just fold it down to the bottom. Kind of mark the middle with your finger and lay your material back out. And then you're going to take the top, since you know where the middle is about, you're going to take the top and you're going to bring it down to the middle of the material. So you're going to lay the edge down. You're going to take the bottom. You're going to bring the bottom up to the middle, where just where it touches but doesn't overlap that top. So you've got the top in the middle and the bottom in the middle now, and they're not overlapping. They're just touching. Then you're going to take the top again, the, not the top you just folded down, but the top as it is now. You're going to take the top as it is now and fold it to the middle again. Then you're going to take the bottom as it is now and fold it up to the middle again. So that gives you several layers. And now you have a rectangle that is about eight or nine inches long, depending on your material. And it's about um, three to four, I guess about three, three and a half inches wide from top to bottom. Yeah, that's about right. And you're going to take your rubber band. And you may have to hold your material down while you do this if it doesn't stay for you. You're going to slip your rubber bands, one on each end, and you're going to slip them down about, oh, I don't know, about three inches. It doesn't really matter because you can move them. Now, if you want the pipe cleaner, when you make that last top fold down to the middle, that's where you're going to put that pipe cleaner, and it's going to be in between those two rubber bands, and you're going to keep it up there in that crease, in that topmost crease. Then you're going to take your ends with your, and you've already slipped your rubber bands in there. It's a little easier if you do that first. Did you lay the inside of the gum uh, rubber band? Oh, it, it doesn't really matter. You just slip it over the whole thing. There's not really an inside. Oh, the outside you, you, to yeah, the inside. You, yeah, it's like so. I slipped the in the material inside the rubber band. All the material is inside the rubber band. The one end. Yeah, yeah, and I moved it down about three inches because now what you're going to do, and I did that on both ends, now what you're going to do is you're going to take that end and you're going to fold it again. You're going to fold it to the right, take the left end, fold it to the right to the middle of your rectangle. With the gum from, band inside yeah, of it. from side to side, yeah. And your rubber band is going to, you're going to do the same thing on the right-hand side. So what you end up with is a little rectangle of material all folded up with a rubber band on each end sticking, hanging out because it's inside and out. So it's in the fold. And that's what goes around your ears. It's pretty cool. And what you wind up with after she has this folded up now, and it's about three inches wide. And believe it or not, that covers your mouth and nose. And if you don't think it will, instead of getting an 11-inch piece, get about a 13 or 14-inch piece. Right. And <clears throat> it, as I said, it's about three inches wide, and it's about a little over four inches in length. And on on the length, on each end of that length of that material, is where your gum bands uh, are sticking out. 
and you take the uh, the thing, you hold it up to your face with the folds toward the inside of you, toward your face, and the smooth material that doesn't have any you know, folded edges, you put the edges next to your face and the smooth side out. Yeah, because you don't, you don't want it unfolding. And the, the, the gum bands, when you put them around each ear, uh, that holds those folds in place. Believe so it or not, it actually works. It, it won't, uh, it won't uh, unfold that way. So if you take that thing... And you uh, You do have to kind of hold it together. Recorder down. And we'll put this up to my face. Like so. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Hands around your ears. (laughs) And see, that really works. It's covered my nose (laughs) and making me talk funny. (laughs) Hello, my name is Bill (laughs) Spark. I don't know where my S's went. <laughs> but it works. It does work. And it holds. Those rubber bands really do hold. It's also hot. Well, hey. yeah. Well, that's probably my hot air. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely does work. And, and those folds hold together because they're actually pressing against your face when you pull the gum bands around your ears. It's pretty amazing. I, I had to try it. As soon as I saw those directions, I thought, now, I don't really want to go get a piece of cloth right this second. I, this was about a week ago, and I said, I don't even know what size cloth, but it seems to me like maybe eight, maybe an 8 by 12 or something. So I just got a piece of paper and tried it, only I couldn't leave it on very long because, like I said, you can't breathe through several layers of paper. So, But it works. It's pretty amazing. That was a a good size, especially for me, because I don't have a big nose. And (laughs) it just fit over over my nose. It does fit over your nose and mouth. And if you want if you want the top end to go over the top of your nose slightly, then like I said, you can get a a a little bit longer piece. It wouldn't need to be but about two an inch or two longer probably. And you can lay that a pipe cleaner in the top crease once you get it all folded up except the ends put your pipe cleaner in the top edge in the top crease and between the two rubber bands and then make your end folds to the middle that holds your rubber bands in and then you can bend that over the top of your nose if you want if you you know feel a need to do that well, as I always say, that's how it works. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't have believed it if I wouldn't have seen it work. Well, and, and, and I would, it may be on YouTube somewhere. I don't know. I did not see it. Where I saw this was actually, and as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by the bird. I saw this, I think it was on CNN at some point, but anyway, it was a pretty cool, and he did such a good job explaining it, I was impressed, but uh, anyhow, um, you might be able to find uh, a similar description on YouTube, I don't know, but that's, that's how you make it, and 
you can buy like a remnant of cotton probably at Walmart even. So, you know, you don't need anything real big. Well, either that, if you got an old shirt. Yeah, you could, like that. You could you know, cut a, a thin one. Yeah, a thin cotton, cotton t shirt. You could cut like a eight by twelve section out of it, out of the back or the front one. I, I got a scarf before I saw this video. I got a scarf with cats on it, but it's pretty long. And by the time you fold it, even if you don't completely fold it, just fold it enough to tie it in a knot behind your head, it's pretty hot. It's pretty hard to breathe through. But I did use it a couple times, but I think I'm going to use one of these until I can find one to buy. I saw one today on eBay with Razorbacks on it, so I might get that. Or just uh, get out an old shirt that you don't like anymore. <laughs> yeah. I would just recommend something thin. Yeah. And if it's a graphics T-shirt, I would use the back just because it would be thinner. Well, that's how, that's how this thing works. We were really surprised. If you have any questions, you can always email Bill Sparks at Bill at BillSparks.org. That's Bill at BillSparks.org. And if he doesn't have an answer to the question, he'll get a hold of us, and we'll make sure that you get the answers on how to make this mask. Or if you have any questions or comments regarding this particular demo during the live broadcast, it is a timely sort of thing, you may reach us by calling. 646-558-8656 that's 646-558-8656 when you're asked for a meeting ID enter 848-725-450 that's 848-725-450 when you're asked for user ID just press pound well, that's all the time we have for this demo. Stay tuned next week for another, another exciting, exciting demo. demo. Very timely. Um, I will be forwarding all concerns on to you guys because I know nothing about this. Okay. So leave it, leave it to Chris and Devil to uh, Chris and Dave to find out something like this. It's great, guys. Great, great job. I, guys. I was fascinated by it, and I was fascinated that. Somebody in that position who was cited and was actually showing it on TV did such an excellent job describing it. And I didn't really sound like Bill Sparks. <laughs> maybe, maybe. He didn't tell you, you just got fired, Dave. <laughs> yeah. He said, I quit this job. Uh, I cleaned that up just a little bit. Do we have a raised hand? Yes, we do. We Jerry. have Jerry. We have Jerry in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Okay. I'll, I'll get to him here. Go uh, ahead, okay, yeah, that was a very interesting demonstration, and I got the perfect song that Tim can play for Dedicate to Dave when he starts the show. Tim, you play Winchester Cathedral, because Davey reminded me of the guy in a new vaudeville band. <laughs> there. Well, the other thing he can play is I Got It From Agnes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Very, very good. So, but that is one inventive way. How much would you say it costs to put that together again? Um, well, I don't know. It depends on what you have to buy. If you have a couple of rubber bands from the post office, which work great because they're not the round kind, they're the flatter kind. So if you have two rubber bands from the post office and an old shirt and a pair of scissors, it wouldn't cost anything. 
true. If you had to buy this stuff, probably, I don't know, less than $5. All right, I see we got a couple more hands. hands. The other thing is, Bill, before, it's just, I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. Uh, Blind Mice Mart has a silicone mask that you can buy, and it, it comes with a pack of filters, and you can buy filters for it. Just letting you know, if you go to Blind Mice Mart, their website, you can find it there under the health uh, health and, and house care, whatever they call health care. And I bet they overcharge. <laughs> Wonder if you- I, I, I think it was 15 bucks for the for the mask and uh, 5 bucks for the filters. I don't remember offhand. Oh. What if you that could take the attachment off and use your sleep machine mask? You could. You know, I think back to the days when I used to use that sleep mask and you you try to clean it every day and try to clean it, but knowing it was hard to clean, I wonder if that thing was worse than anything that I could have done with or without the sleep mask, but uh, I don't know. That um, machine, I think they've got things now that clean those machines. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They have sanitizers. But yeah, you put your mask in, you put the, your mask and hose in this machine, and it cleans it. It's called the So Clean, I think it's called. Uh, well, they have a couple different kinds. Well, that's there'd have to be something better than than what I used. And Jeff sent me a link to get some disposable masks too. So they're out there. I don't know how easy they are to get, but they're out there. Well, something like that, Bill, I ordered them on Thursday, and they said they would come on Tuesday, the following Tuesday, and they came on Sunday. So, obviously, Amazon notices, knows that there's a priority for these things, and I got them quicker than I thought I'd get them. I didn't expect to get the mail delivered to me on Sunday, but it came to me by by U, U, USPS, and it came, I dropped it in front of my door. eBay has some cute masks for, you know, just the face mask, not the sleep mask. Right. Right. Do we have a couple more hands? We do. We have we have Gail and we have Bill. So let me get to Gail, ladies first, and then we'll get to Bill. Go ahead, Gail. Thanks, Jeff. Um, we had to, I don't know where these masks came from that I'm using that all the people in the building are using, but um, are most of these types of masks washable? Or like you can run them under water and clean them up if you need to, or... Cloth ones are, I would suggest putting them in a laundry bag. I have a cloth one, and that's what I was wondering if every so often I could run that under hot or warm water. and. and You you really should wash it very often, they say, but I would recommend putting it in a mesh bag. Yeah, because you wouldn't want it to be destroyed in the washing machine. No, I didn't. I meant in the sink. No, I think you probably... Chris, would you suggest the washer... You could do it in the sink, I guess, but you really need to use soap and hot water. I suppose you could do it in the sink. I don't think I would. I'm not much for hand washing things, so I probably would I'm just. Not much either, but I, I was just just a curiosity. Yeah, well, I would throw it in the washer in a mesh bag and wash it with my towels or something. Bye, Thank you so much. All right, thanks, Gail. Let's see, we got. The one and only Mr. Bill. Bill. Chicago. All right. I'm Helen from uh, Albuquerque. Okay. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, that was a good demonstration, Chris. Uh, before you made it, I made my own mask. Uh, it was real simple. I just took two men's handkerchiefs, 
put them together, folded them in half, and then down each side I put three small safety pins, and then I put a rubber band on the top pin each side, and it hooks on my ears, and I put a, a uh, long set of rubber bands on the bottom and holds it against the back of your head. That works. The same, same thing, right? That works. Gale is right. You can wash those masks, but you got to make sure you put them in a bag or something. And you have to see what they're made of. Some are made out of some kind of paper product you put in the washer to dissolve it away. thing is, anymore, people don't really have handkerchiefs lying around because they don't use them much. Well, yeah. (laughs) Not like they used to. But just take an ordinary size man's handkerchief because it's cotton. I put two together and just fold them in half and took three small safety pins and run them down the side. You know, one at the top, one at the bottom, one in the middle. And you must have gotten in. a couple of Christmas presents and handkerchiefs. Oh, I've had, no, no. I, well, yeah, I do. I've got handkerchiefs here and they're huge and I've probably got them had them for 10 years or more. Well, they, they don't use handkerchiefs like that. Well, the they... ones at Amazon are this heavy-duty paper. I don't I don't replace it every time I wear it because I don't wear it that often because I don't go out anywhere. So I, I only have to wear it when I go out. So you know, Yeah, not, right. Well, you know, the mask, the mask is only protect protect the other people from you. It yeah. won't stop the virus coming into your mask because they're not those, what they call those real heavy surgical medical masks. That right. You're making and buy. It's mainly to protect the other people from you if you're carrying it. And if they got it and they got a mask, it'll keep them from giving it to you. That's true. Because he's already said the homemade mask won't filter out the, the uh, bacteria, but it'll keep spread, keep them spreading. It. Good stuff, Bill. All right. And we have Ellen in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then Abby, uh, Abby Fleener is coming. All right. Her. Go ahead, Ellen. Oh, good morning, everybody. Um, I just wanted to... Two things I just wanted to check in and say hello from, from Albuquerque. And then also, um, I ordered a couple of masks from a friend of ours who, who makes them and sells them. So I went ahead... And, and uh, answered an email on that, and then um, they made two for us, and um, I'm just waiting for them, for them to come in. And they're selling them, you know, at ten dollars a ten dollars a mask, which I thought was a pretty good deal. So I went in and did that, and just waiting. And I got the email, what is it, yesterday, that they have been shipped, so they're on the way. So and you and Joe, you will be good to go. Yep, both of us, both me and Joe. You will be good to go. And the Especially second, when we go out to Walmart to do our shopping. <laughs> yeah, do their shopping and and all that good stuff with things. Mm-hmm. So, if now, you can, yeah, nowadays that's all we're doing is going going up for shopping. So. Yeah, no, it'll, this I, will pass. I don't remember the last time I walked out, left the house, come to think of it. I don't remember the last time you did. I think it might have been a couple months ago. It hasn't been a while for you, Jennifer. I've been out to the drugstore a couple times, and if if we don't get it fixed this week, I'll have to go, but we normally don't. Yeah, we haven't. No, I think it's been since February. Wow. Jeff would be, they'd have him locked up. 
<laughs> of course, I'm, I cheat and I go out in the lanai, and all the windows are open, so I still feel like I've gone outside. Yeah, because but we I can. We haven't left the property. I mean, we sit outside till after ten o'clock last night. Yeah, so quiet for you guys because you have a house. Uh, I really can't go outside of my apartment. There's a bench on the side of my building, but if I, I don't know if someone's going to sit right down next to me and it causes social, you know, with the so I'd have to wear my mask, and I guess that would be okay. And what if I'm, you know, want, if my daughter wants me to go to the supermarket with her, and we're both wearing our masks, and she's, uh, I'm holding her elbow. Is that okay? I, I don't see that as a problem. Well, that, but, uh, well you don't see that, and, and it probably well, isn't. I mean, you're family members, so you ought to have close to the same germs, so you should be. Well, in my case, not and not really, because my daughters don't live with me. You know what I'm saying, Jennifer? I, I live by myself. Yeah. So, well, sometimes, Jeff, if, if you go to the store with them, could you not get on one end of the cart and they're on the I other end? I think that that would work, Bill. I, that, that's what I would think. I mean, there's sometimes you got to do what you got to do, you know. I know, um, and this probably broke protocol, too. The other day when the lady came to Cleed from MadePro, she wanted to show me where there was a leak from the air conditioner. And she took me by the arm. She took my arm and propelled me and at that time i wasn't going to get into well you need to do it this way or that way but it was just a few steps so it wasn't a big 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 deal and she probably had on a glove i couldn't tell well when we went with my sister-in-law to get chicken a couple weeks ago we we all went in together and they don't have carts because that's a really small store they have these little hand baskets but the way i looked at it is we were already all in the car anyway. Of course, we didn't have the mask thing in place just yet, but next time we'll have to wear masks. So, hey, you do what you can do. Uh, was it Bernie was talking the other night, working at the radio station. He couldn't put the gloves on and feel that the buttons were things that he needed to do. You know, sometimes it's just not as practical for us because we can't feel with some gloves on and we've we've talked about that before not all gloves are equal you can't feel with those little plastic gloves i tried it and i have a machine in my building there's a laundry room and the machines have these buttons and i can feel them without the gloves but when i put the gloves on even those little plastic gloves i i i kind of analogize it this way i was telling telling the sister that i said sharon you know when you put the gloves on it's like me covering my eyes because our hands are our eyes and you don't have the same sensitivity with wearing those gloves that's the way i can Explain it to her. Yeah. Okay. More hands? Are we done with hands? Okay. We got Abby. Then we got Fred. Oh, and we have Bill in Chicago. Okay. So let me get to Abby. Go, Abby. Go. Go ahead, Abby. Uh, good morning. Did it you're work? on. Yes, you're on. You're on. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to say um, great demo to Dave and Chris. Um, you guys always do an excellent job. And I enjoy listening to your demos. Um, and I guess that's all I wanted was to just say good morning to everybody and um, Thank let them much. know that they did a great demo. Yeah, I don't bribe them too much. But no, <laughs> they but did do a good demo. I love the food demos, unfortunately. They, they all, I only gained weight listening to them. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, See, Abby. Sometimes we have to show we can do other things than food. Yeah. Not Dave. All right. <laughs> Who's next? Fran, I think. All right. And Joby, I'll get to Fran uh, yeah. right now. Go ahead, Fran. Hi. Well, it's good that we're talking about gloves because I was just thinking about... Um, does anybody know... Because I'm concerned as well about people wanting me to, you know, hold on to their arm or something like that. Because, I mean, even if the best we try, sometimes we have to hold on somebody's arm or somebody has to take our hand or something. And I was, you know, I hate wearing gloves because, as you say, it, it's, it, it blinds us. You know, it's like putting a blindfold on a sighted person. We can't use our, you know, sense of touch very well with gloves on. But are there any that are good to use that, that might at least be usable for mobility or something like that? Um, for at least so that people... For holding people's arms, you could always use hand sanitizer right before and after. That's what I was yeah. saying. If you can find I don't them. I know what, they were, what brand they were, but I remember I went to a museum once and they... They let me see some of the the skins and things, and I had to put these gloves on so the oil from my skin wouldn't get into the exhibit or whatever. But they were real thin, and you could feel through them, and you could feel the details and things. And I don't know. I'm not sure what I thought. Were they plastic, Jennifer? Yeah, they were almost like... um, they were real thin, like a plastic um, baggie would be almost. Hmm. And, and they're disposable. So when you wear those gloves after you've worn them, Jennifer, you take them off, they just throw those out. And they're not you, reusable. You've got to be sure you take them off correctly or you defeat the whole purpose of the glove. So you have to peel them off kind of that, in a way that turns them inside out. Oh, are you talking about those that come in a box? And they're like, uh, people, doctors use them. That's they're one real kind. Thin. They could be like use... that, or like your dentist has, you know, because they're pretty thin. Okay. Because one of the things that concerns me is when things open up again, you know, hopefully they will at some point. And, um, like, I need to do things like I need to go buy a vacuum cleaner. And I'm thinking, will they let me touch them to see if I can take the filter cup out? You know, and things like that. And so, um, you know, it sounds like you guys have had, some of you have had good experiences with that. Um, we don't have, you know, it's just the two of us. We don't have a lot of, you know, we have some sighted help, but not a lot, um, which is fine. We do okay. But, you know, sometimes you just need a little bit, that little extra assistance. But you don't want to use the, if you, I don't like the gloves. I can't wear them, so I just sort of wash my hands frequently and try to avoid touching your face yeah. with your hands. That's the only thing I, I can say. I, yeah, well, also, also, if I make sure I wash my hands or sanitize my hands where somebody can see me do it, they'll know that I just sanitized my hands and it's probably okay for me to touch them. So that's a good idea. I appreciate that. That is a good idea. Do you want me to get Bill in now, Bill? Sure. Okay. And thank you, Fran. Let's see. Yeah, 
You're there. Real quick. Uh, As far as the gloves, I've used gloves myself before. And if you get the real thin, what they call surgical gloves that the doctor wears, especially surgeons, if you take your time, I've just experimented with it myself or some other people, you can read Braille through them, but it has to be a real fresh Braille. It can't be some Braille that's been read over about 30 or 40 times. You have a hard time noticing it. But if you get what they call surgical class gloves, they're real thin. And you're right, uh, Chris, when you take them off, you just peel them off and throw them away because you can't reuse them. You can't take them off and put them back on. But the, the surgical gloves. And then as far as the stores here in Chicago, uh, I can't go with my daughter at the store because the stores only let one person per cart. So you do can't you, follow behind the cart. Do you mean they... Well, I think I would probably complain about that. They should make an exception for that because you can't no, they, go to the store do. any other way. Right, right, right. Well, they just said, well, she can... That they said, well, she knows your list, so that's what it's uh, the way they work it. So you can. Yeah, but my even, list even, would be in even Braille. In this, pardon? My list would be in Braille. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Chris? <laughs> that's another way to look at it. But no, but no I, I will tell you, though, a lot of the stores, I don't know how they are in your place, but the stores here, the big stores, like, well, Jules One, Aldi's, uh, Mariano, those are the big, big stores here. Well, now. When you, well, go, when you go in, they give you a cart that they sanitize. And she said, you get the cart, you go in, and you have to follow the aisles and the arrows on the floor because all traffic goes one direction. If someone's in the aisle, you want to say, go down and get a can of soup. You got to wait till that person leaves that aisle, and then you go down and get what you need or just walk through the aisle. Let's say, for example, you go in the store, you walk in their front door, and you only want a gallon of milk. The milk is over to your right. Well, you can't just cut across the store and get the milk. You have to follow the aisle system. And then when you get to the checkout, checkouts are behind plexiglass now. And you have to stand at a certain spot. They got the floor marked. And when you walk up with your grocery cart full of groceries, they put they pick the stuff out of the cart. You can't put it up on the counter. They put the stuff on the counter. They ring it up. Then you take that cart and you put the stuff with the cart at the end of the counter. And then they'll, they'll bag it. If they bag it, if it's an Aldi or one of those where they don't bring you to bag it yourself, you can't bring your own bag into the store. You have to take the cart out to your car and bag it or just throw it in the car in the trunk. And then when you leave that cash register, as soon as you walk away, the person behind you can move up then to the cash register. That's exactly how our Walmart is, but the only difference is if you're two people, like if I went with, somebody from the association they will right. let us both go in but you have to wait for two people to come out right well that that's the way with it that's the way with uh, this all this aldi and some of them here because she went to aldi the other day and she had to stand outside until one person came out because they only allowed they got a rule here in chicago now only five people per one thousand square foot of space so we got a ten thousand foot square store you can put 50 people in there one time and when the 50 go in then when one comes out one goes in or if two come out two goes in so you have to wait to get in so the smaller the store the less people you got it's so that, what that's the, the rule here in chicago right now and well that, that's know, how it, it is makes, here too yeah yeah well, it's it's this is not a permanent thing again bill and, and oh, no, no, i'm not saying it's permanent no, i'm just saying no, that's just the way saying it's that. working and right now right 
my my daughter was upset because she says, you know, I like going shopping with you, and I said, and 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 you know, I know they really won't let me do that. And same thing with the supermarket. If I went to uh, Walmart or I went to uh, Shoprite or Price Chopper or Market Thirty Two or any of those stores, they really wouldn't want to be able to help me out with me going side to guy with them because I because. It, it would be violating the social distancing rules. So that would hey, be... Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. I know right. what you do, Jeff. You do what people often want to do. Let them grab the other end of your cane, and they can take you around that way. <laughs> yeah, right. There you yeah, go. You know, I was thinking about that, Chris. That's pretty good. There's your son. I have an idea. We could make some money for the legend. Dave and I decided that we're going to get these six-foot-long sticks, and we're going to write... Me on one end and you on the other end. That sounds Hey, there you go. That sounds. Thank you, Chris. I love it. What you want to do to make them easy to carry, Dave, make them telescopical. So, you know, you can fold it up to like about a 12 inch little stick, and then when you're ready, just telescope it out. We'll even write you and me in Braille. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But make them telescopic so they're easier to carry, you know, like those. You might make a small porch. You know, they, they have those palatial canes. Have you ever seen those? They're not going to work much. Oh, yeah. We, oh, they're, actually, they're, they're very good if you get the right, right well, I, I got I got one here that was out pretty four years ago, and it, if you hit something, it'll fold up on you. Yeah. If you get it wrong, it'll just push right up on you. But otherwise, it, it's a good idea because it does make it nice to carry. You can just stick in your, your just hold it or stick in your coat pocket or something. But, you know. Very true. Do we have any more hands before we go to we our next have, uh, demo? We do have uh, Ellen with the bike. Okay. So let me get her. Go ahead, Ellen. Yeah, um, I was just um, I had to tell you how they were doing things around here. Um, at the Walmart that we go to, what they're doing, they're letting both of us in and then... Um, if I'm doing something that I don't, that doesn't require extra help, then I'll just go ahead and do it. But, um, I, and then, it, what we do is we get, I go over there to the service. Yes, I do need sighted help because I can't read the, the print. But what I do, I can follow some, the other person, the person that's helping me because I can see him or her. So that's, there's, not it's not six foot distancing but it's where i can actually see the person and then that way there is a little distance between us and then i have joe hanging onto my wheelchair so that we don't have that problem with that so and then she takes care of the groceries and then i'll put the bag on the back of my chair and the bag's on the back of my chair and then we're fine that way so there, you just have to get a little creative of how you do how you do things, but it works if you if you can if you're creative enough. Helen, if you go shopping and Joe is with you, does he hold on to the yeah. back of your chair? Yeah, the handlebar. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And and so that you know, and and since we're together all the time, you know, he can touch my arm if he needed to, or vice versa. But it's just everybody else, we can't do that. But but it works pretty well. It works. All right. Thank you, Ellen. Do we have anybody else, Jeff? Let me just check again. I nope. think that's all. 
Tim, do we have anybody on? Have you been monitoring the email list? Tim. I haven't, but maybe Tim has because of. Uh, oh. Marianne. Okay. Before we go to next demo here. All right. I'll get Marianne quick. Okay. And then, maybe, then we can do the demo, I guess. Go ahead, Marianne. Those, uh, the gloves that she was talking about earlier that are the real thin plastic kind of gloves are food handles. And you actually can read Braille through those as well. They're a little easier on your hand than surgical gloves because most of those are are um, either rubber or something like it and they really, really snap onto your wrist and keep uh, tight. Whereas food, food handlers gloves are a little thinner but they still do the job of protecting your hands and so on and they're a little easier to peel off as long as you get the right size of them and such. And out here, when, when I go shopping, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna hit King Supers today, I go in, get sighted assistance, and they just stay on one end of the shopping cart and I stay on the other and and I just make sure that, you know, I, I have a friend, uh, I like to call her a friend, she's been my shopping assistant for years and she always, she, she, she comes down to my end of the cart and I'm like, no, 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 go, 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 go down and I point kind of at the other end of the cart. We sort of make a joke out of it and everything because we both feel like we're both safe as, you know, as far as we know and everything. but. I'm like, you know, I, I'm keeping you out of trouble. You go down there and you just sort of, you know, sort of make a, a little thing out of it and such. But uh, that's that's how we handle a social distance shopping out here. And if I was you, Bill, I would say flat out, you know, I if, if you want to be in the grocery store, I would say, look, either I go with my daughter or I go with one of you. Which do you prefer? I guarantee if that be the case, then they're going to say, oh, well, then, yeah, take your daughter instead of um, instead of one of us. You have every right to say, look, it's my money. It's my shopping list and such. And we're happy to take up the spot of two people in the grocery store. But you're asking for an accommodation as a disabled person. And that's way different than them than just saying to for them to say to you, well, she knows your shopping list. Just tell them flat out. No, actually, she doesn't but she's willing to help me shop. Now, either you can help me shop or she can help me shop, but one way or another, I need to get my shopping done. Good point. Great point, as a matter of I'll fact. I'll mess around with you, Mary. I no. I don't Whoa. know. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know if it's true, in, but in some states, they will only allow one member from a family in the store at a time. Wow. Don't know. Pretty interesting. I they, they haven't done that here, Tim. So haven't done that. Have three calls. Three calls. All right, we'll play those, and then we're going to go to our demo about a brand new oven that we want to talk about accessibility. So go, Tim. Go if you can. Cleveland, Ohio, calling in to report that the temperature. Around Cleveland, it's about 32 degrees. It went down to the upper 20s overnight. And the highs are going to be in the low 40s. Sunshine this morning, about this afternoon. And tomorrow it's going to the 50s. We're not going to get much warmer for the next 10 days, I would say. And also, I want to mention that the microphones in the Cleveland media sound pretty good. All the uh, major TV stations uh, are having good mics, so you got to come back up here, Bill. 
satisfied with his performance just slam him yeah but I have a little fun with Tim we're going to do something now a little bit different this demo doesn't come from Chris and Dave but it's used with permission I might add very much permission from accessibility moving forward and what they've done is done a demo of a Amazon smart oven. You know, we've talked about the June oven, and we'll talk about this more in a few minutes. But this demo has been done by a lot of people, and 
this well just find out for yourself but i think by the time you get through this you're going to be glued to your seats here so um you know in this time of um, my computer just stopped working there for a second but anyway so sit back and enjoy this this um is a very interesting demo brought to you by three different people they one person couldn't do it so they had three different people from all over the country so here we go with lots of good resources so check this out What are you doing? I'm going to light the oven. You don't light this oven. This is a smart oven. You speak to it. Oh, all right. Uh, oven, make me breakfast. I want marmalade. Oh, no, no, no. You uh, have to use a lady. No. Okay, a lady. I want marmalade and toast for breakfast. No, that will not do it either. Oh, the heck with it. I'm going to use the regular oven. I'm going to light it. Oh, please don't. Big R. <laughs> Here. We haven't done that in a while, have we? Welcome to Accessibility Moving Forward. And this particular first part of the podcast, I would like to talk about what I have neglected to put in this podcast, which you will hear. And if it sounds confusing, it's sort of meant to be because we have all kinds of files that we have to put together for the podcast. And some of them I recorded a couple of weeks ago and some of them we recorded like a week ago and some three weeks ago. So I'm hoping to put them in some semblance of order. So this is the first part, as I say, of the podcast. And I want to talk a little bit about the Amazon Smart Oven. Whoops. Okay. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm not sure about it either. I named mine Amazon because, yep, there we go again, uh, because um, I have so many uh, devices here. I figure if I'm going to be working with the oven, I'd call it the <laughs> A-M-A-Z-O-N oven. That's what I named it. And uh, it's the dot I named, not the oven. I won't tell you the name of my oven, but it's just called uh, basically... Uh, Big R's big <laughs> oven. Um, there are three letters in the in the next part of the name. Um, I, I just did it because I thought it would speak the name, but it isn't. It does not speak the name. It's just called um, Oven One when it speaks to you. The reason that I'm starting this for the first file of this podcast is because. To the best of my knowledge, when putting this together, we never talked about what goes inside the oven, and that's racks. So it comes with two racks, a long-legged rack, which is probably mm, maybe four inches off the 
off the the base of the oven. It has legs, and it's a wire rack. Think of a cooling rack, only in a circle. And then it comes with a short rack for roasting. The longer-legged rack, you can bake air fry on whatever that you want to do. You know, like you could bake uh, cookies or banana bread or whatever, and air fry. And they state in there that it may take a little longer air frying than a normal air fryer would because, uh, well, they didn't really say why, but I think it's because the cavity is so large that it um, it takes a longer time. But I have air fried in this oven, ladies and gentlemen. I've air fried fries and, you know, a few things. And um, given the time, um, I think it was probably about maybe a half an hour for a two-cup batch of fries and they turn out scrumptious now I'll let you oh and and it comes with a round pan so I'll let you hear the pan and it's high gauge whatever it's like some of the best non-stick probably like a copper chef base and then I'll let you hear the rack and it's all around circle and you just put this pan that's rubber kind of rubberized on the bottom only it's not rubber, obviously. It's some kind of material that can take a lot of heat. And I'll put it on top of the um, rack. And there it is. The short rack, it kind of sounds like this, and it just doesn't make much noise. But I kind of... Everybody did a great job on the recordings for this podcast, but we didn't really talk about the the oven that much it's it's a big hefty device it barely fits into my microwave um portal um or nook i guess if you want to call it that's built into the wall the braille overlay on this is marvelously done um i'm going to tap the oven i know I hope I don't say anything. I'll let you hear the oven. I'm going to open the door, and the the door pulls open. Uh, it doesn't pull down. It pulls toward you. It's hinged on the left, so it opens like a regular microwave, but there are no pull buttons. You just pull on the handle like this, and it opens. So let's... Uh, Sorry, I'm having trouble understanding right now. And it smells like bacon in here. I, I cooked some bacon. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on the turntable. That's my recorder, so you can get a sense of what it sounds like as I'm talking into it. You kind of sort of get the spatial feel of what the uh, oven portion of it sounds like. Now, in the top of the oven, you would normally think it would be metal. Uh, I have what's known as a hover round and that's a magnetic cover that goes on the top of the microwave but I can't put it in this oven because on the very top of the oven there are elements and this is what air fries or what bakes convectionally and I'll let you hear what these see there can you hear that very heavy-duty elements and the side of the microwave oven sounds like this and 
as I stand at the oven, I can't reach far enough back um, to reach the um, back of the oven. It's it's a big beast, um, and I truly like it. One thing that was not demonstrated was the microwave portion, and I'm going to do that for you now. And um, if any of your devices are called A-M-A-Z-O-N, you may want to uh, put headphones on or talk while I say the word because I'm not going to edit this out. I'm just going to say the word because it's just faster than to, to edit it out. and You get kind of a feel on what it actually sounds like. I'm grabbing a cup and I'm going to um, fill it up with some tap water cold tap water that's good we just need a few seconds just to get an idea what it sounds like and I'm going to put it into the oven close the door after I do that I'll tell you guys that sometimes I get Bill and I were just talking about this this morning sometimes when the microwave is done it tells you your food is ready and you get a notification on your phone that it is ready remember everything's all synced up to your phone and all of the echo devices in your house go off and tells you your food is ready or your oven temperature has been reached or uh, the roasting time has been you know, reached it's just cool how it all works that's the cup being set down on the turntable I'll close the oven and I will say microwave for 20 seconds microwaving for 20 seconds now you have to admit that's cool did not get a notification I just got beeps letting me know sometimes I get notifications from the microwave stating that the food is done and I don't know why with oven functions and air fryer functions reheat functions I get notifications that my food is done so there you go that is all I wanted to say in this segment. I'll be back with more as this podcast accessibility moving forward moves forward. In late spring of 2019, Amazon initiated a publicity campaign promising new features to come to its existing line of Echo devices. Amazon also indicated that there would be several new hardware devices added to that line in early fall. On September the 26th, 2019, both those promises were fulfilled by Amazon when they first of all released the show and tell feature for the Amazon Echo Show first and second generations. That has since been expanded to include all show devices. The second part of the promise saw the release of many new hardware devices that uh, captured our interest. 
The one that really caught my interest though and the one that caused me to make a purchase is the Amazon Smart Oven. This four-in-one Smart Oven can produce up to 1500 watts of cooking power depending on the mode that is being used. It has a 1.5 cubic foot cooking area as well as a 13.6 inch turntable. The four primary modes of the oven are air fry, convection bake, microwave, food warming, but it can also be used for defrosting, roasting, and reheating. After placing my order for the smart oven, I received the customary welcome email from Amazon to the product and a second email with instructions on how to set the oven up and have it fully installed. I wasn't able to complete the initial task with outside assistance. For some reason, I could not get the QR code that is on a small double D code inside the face of the oven door to ever focus within the app. I was really fortunate that one of my grandsons dropped by coming through town and was able to complete this part of the task in just a couple of minutes. Earlier this year, our good friend Terry Borden decided to order a smart oven, and I asked him at that time if he would record his attempts without sighted assistance to set up the oven. Terry graciously has done that, and the next portion of this podcast, you will hear Terry demonstrating his attempts to and successfully set up the oven. There are three attempts within this recording and I have placed tones and shortened the silences between them because they become very lengthy. Again, thank you, Terry, for doing this for us. I'm gonna attempt to hook up this uh, Amazon Smart Microwave totally without any visual help. So here we go. Here is the open button. Reach menu button. Add device button. Add the device. Phillips okay. Oven. Hey, we found the oven. Okay, we'll go in there. Oven. Back button. Help. Setup. What brand is your oven? Amazon. There's Amazon. That's what we want. Amazon. To set up your Amazon oven, the Alexa app may ask for permissions to access your mobile devices. By pressing next, you agree to Amazon's conditions of use and all of the next button. Next. Scan barcode button. Okay, now I gotta scan the barcode on the microwave. So, from what I understand, it's inside the door at the top. onto it just a couple inches from the right top so here we go we're going to scan so click on the scan button scan barcode searching i just heard a beep but i didn't get any other indication the screen see if we get anything searching scan the barcode inside the door of your oven try again button try again i'll just time out again searching ellipsis turning the phone in different directions ellipsis we were not able to find a match hell don't have a barcode don't have a barcode button ellipsis try again button Try again. Oh, try it again. Searching. Ellipsis. Connecting your oven to laser. 
unlike it might have took it. it says, no. Amazon Alexa. Now. New oven named first oven found. To control it. Say task 11. Turn on first oven. text. 720F. New oven named first oven found. To control it. Say I Turn on first oven. That's Ella. Turn on first oven. Setup. Oven connected. First oven has been added to your SLI account. Next, let's continue setup. Next, button. Ask the SLI button lets you control your oven without saying SLI or microwave. The echo device must be within listening distance. Choose an echo to pair with your ask the SLI button. Next, button. This may take up to one minute. Red setup. As the Snow button is ready for use. Press the Add the Snow button on the oven and say. Two minutes. Two ounces of popcorn. X button. First oven is set up and ready to use. Done. Button. And even in more recent days, our own Big R has ordered and received a smart oven, and he has found that changes have occurred since Terry's successful setup process, and it in some ways have gotten much easier and faster. So here's Randy now to tell you about his experiences and to share with us what he went through to get his smart oven set up. So take it away, Randy. Thank you, Bill. Here's my findings on the Amazon oven and how the setup goes. When I purchased the oven on the product page of the Amazon Smart Oven, there's a checkbox, and that's already checked saying link this device first before you get the oven. Should we link it? And there's a checkbox to check it and uncheck it. And uh, it was already checked, so I said, yep, just you know, just do whatever it is you're going to do. I need all the help I can get. When the oven arrived, I called Bill to find out if he would give me the um, demonstration for setting up with the QR code. I thought the QR code was on the box, but it's on the oven itself, as it was explained. He wasn't around, Terry wasn't around, and so... Uh, once I got the oven up onto the microwave tray above our cupboard, then I plugged it in and the oven beeped and then a tritone went off on the phone and it said, oven has been detected. I went, man, it can't be that easy, is it? I went through the application for the smart oven, looked and all the settings were set up, I thought. Uh, it ran perfectly. Uh, I didn't have to set it up with anything. It was already linked to the A-Lady, you know, the uh, the Exa lady. I'm not going to say her name fully because I don't want everybody's devices to go off. And then I thought, well, I'm, I'm all done. The next day, I went to give it a voice command, but this time I wanted to try the button on the oven to get its attention. You can either do it by voice control alone to ask the A-Lady to perform a command, or I could just press the button and give it a command. Uh, it's a, it's just a trigger on the oven. Um, the oven itself has no built-in A-Lady. It comes with an Echo Dot. But the trigger was to trigger to uh, send the message to the dot. So I pushed the button, 
and I found out with some sighted assistance, it said you need to set up a lady button to pair with the device, to pair with the oven. In this case, there is no speech output on the oven, so I didn't know that message was there. As I say, through some sighted assistance, I found out that that's what it said, was to pair the Echo device with the button on the oven. In the meantime, I called poor old Bill, and I said, Bill, uh, it's not pairing. What should I do? You know, and um, So it wasn't fully linked. When he performed his setup, he had to go into the Amazon app on his phone under devices, go under smart ovens and look which oven he had. Um, and then there is a uh, uh, pairing A-Lady button with your smart oven and you just hit you know something that's pretty self-explanatory you hit uh, pair and it said this is going to pair your device with the echo continue yes and i did and it said this will take a minute to pair and ladies and gentlemen for the longest minute i ever spent it went on and on and on and on and then it said your echo dot is paired with the oven so I pressed the button on the oven, and it triggered the dot, letting me give voice commands, and it works great. So I'm telling you guys this so that if you get these ovens and you do have the setup checkbox checked on the page, it's not complete. You must pair the A-Lady button on the oven with the Echo Dot. So I hope this little bit of a setup in this podcast will help those if you decide to get the Amazon Smart Oven, which I really like, you guys. I really find this oven great. So um, I know a few of us that do have them. Um, As those of you know, I'm a terrible name dropper. Um, Jeff Bishop, who you all know, I'm sure most of you know from a lot of uh, um, podcasts out there, he got one, and uh, he likes his, and I'd like to get his thoughts. So far, I haven't heard from him, but he will either be on this cast or he won't. If he's not, I know he does like the oven. He especially likes the Braille overlay on it, I know. All right, everybody. Take care, and we will be back with more. I have no idea what we'll be talking about, as usual, but we're coming back. Stay tuned. First attempt at cooking a whole chicken in the Amazon Smart Oven using the temperature probe. According to the instructions, the probe should be seated no more than a half inch of the shaft showing, that is from the handle down the shaft. The probe only senses from the tip, but it must be inserted at least that far, or at least that close to the handle. This is a whole chicken weighing 80 ounces, and uh, there are some conflicts of printing in this area because according to part of the manual, you should be able to cook up to a whole five pound chicken but according to the roasting recipe in this manual, you can only cook 64 ounces, of course, which is four pounds. So I'm going to start the oven. I'm going to let it reach temperature, and then I'm going to check periodically 
uh, to see how well this cooks and how long it takes. So here is the command. Echo roast whole chicken. What's the weight of whole chicken? 64 ounces. Convection baking 64 ounces of whole chicken. Now, since I'm using the temperature probe plugged into the inside compartment of the oven and have the probe inserted into the breast of the chicken, the unit will not rotate the plate inside the oven as long as this is in place. What time is it? The time is 11.40 a.m. Echo, when will the food be ready? First oven will finish cooking at 12.56 p.m. What is the temperature of first oven? It's at 325 degrees Fahrenheit. Echo, what is the food temperature? It's at 325 degrees Fahrenheit. Echo, what is the temperature of the probe? That's not supported yet. Echo, what is the first oven probe temperature? at 78 degrees Fahrenheit. Echo, what is first oven temperature? It's at 407 degrees Fahrenheit. Echo, what is the first oven probe temperature? The food is currently at 203 degrees Fahrenheit. Echo, when will the food be ready? First oven will finish cooking at 12.56 p.m. Echo, what time is it? The time is 12.37 p.m. Echo, what is the first oven probe temperature? The food is currently at 208 degrees Fahrenheit. Echo, what is first oven temperature? It's at 411 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, as you can see, this has been cooking up to 12.56, which is coming up now and this cycle should complete itself. At that point in time, I'm going to use a food thermometer to check the internal temperature of this whole chicken, both at the breast and on the in, inside of the thighs, which is where you need most of the heat. And as you can tell now, the oven has just completed. It says my food is ready. And I got that on at least two Echo devices because I have turned on that capability and also it just signaled on my watch. Now, I'm not using earbuds today, so I'm going to lay the recorder down next to the oven and attempt to check this temperature without getting seriously burned because this oven is very hot. feels crispy just touching it. Okay, that part of the chicken is at 146 degrees. I'm trying to get inside next to the thigh now. of the chicken which is right at the thigh above the leg and not at the joint is 190 some odd degrees I didn't need to listen again get back in this of course the phone's going to ring thank you I will 
would say this chicken is done based on the fact that most everything is at 192 degrees. One last thing to show you, I'm going to make some garlic bread in the oven because I am having a split pea and ham soup and I like garlic bread on the side. Garlic bread will be cooked in the Amazon Smart Oven and the pea soup, of course, will be cooked on top of the stove. All right, so I'm coming in now and I'm going to start the oven. And you can see it's very easy to do. It's my dog is uh, drinking water. The first thing that I always do is I always have to check to make sure there's nothing in the oven because these ovens can get really hot. All right, there's nothing in there. And I simply say Amazon preheat oven to 400. Preheating first oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Start on your first oven to begin. Okay, so which means that I have to press start when I begin because it it stops. So <clears throat> I'm going to grab the rack and the pan. Remember that rack and I set the pan on top of it? Well, I haven't taken my hands off of the rack and the pan yet. And I'm going to unwrap the garlic bread. And we're going to put a half of loaf on them so it doesn't go to waste. I'm going to unwrap the garlic bread, or open it, I should say. It's like one of these uh, Kohl's garlic bread in the, in the long plastic type bags. pieces, half of the garlic bread, back into the bag and seal it up, put it in the freezer and have some with some spaghetti at some point, and the stuff is quite messy, and I can see it when I have to wash my hands. Take a twisty tie. All right. I wonder what the oven temperature is up to now. Let's find out. Here's a cool little feature. No, isn't it? What is the oven temperature? It's at 242 degrees Fahrenheit. All right. I'm going to let you hear the oven a little bit. Or what kind of noise it is. See, it's fairly quiet, but it's got a heck of a fan in it. Convection cooking. Nazimeh. What is the oven temperature? 
smells in this kitchen are amazing. The pea soup done with a big bone-in ham. Well, partial one anyway. Plus the uh, garlic bread when it takes off is really going to smell good. What is the oven temperature? It's at 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, yeah, stand by. Listen. Your oven, Your oven is preheated. Okay, it's preheated. I go over to the rack, put the round pan on it, open the door and slide it in. Ooh, that is hot. center to close the oven. Now it won't start until I hit the start button, which is in the lower right hand corner. I'll press it now. And we're off and running. Now is it? Stop the oven. Okay. Okay, Randy, we're back. All righty. Well, thanks for coming back. And what should we talk about this time? Well, since you started dropping names, let's just drop a couple more. All right. Let's do that. All right. Well, first of all, of course, you can get the manuals for the Smart Oven uh, on the uh, product page of Amazon, the Amazon, Amazon Smart Oven product page. Mm -hmm. But they have been in PDF format. But thanks to our good friend and colleague, Parker Waddington, they are also available now on VIPconduit.com under their items of interest that uh, that he's made available. He's done all of that recoding for us, and we appreciate that. And there will be a link in the show notes for that. Okay, sounds really good. Yeah, and one more thing, I, Randy, that uh, I know that you were impressed with as, as much as I am, and that's the uh, Braille label oh, yeah. for the smart oven. So mm -hmm. what do you think about that overall? Well, I think it's fine, and thank goodness there's a Braille overlay um, how to use on that page as well, so you can use it. I personally find it easier to use voice commands with the Amazon Smart Oven than I do with the Braille overlay. That way I don't have to step through menus, but thank goodness it's there for people to use. I have it on mine, and what I use mostly is cancel and restart uh, on my Braille label. That's just because I I like to speak to my I like to speak to my oven. <laughs> <laughs> and you love it even better when your when your oven speaks back to you. I do, I do, I do. And thank you, thank you for by the way putting on that chicken demonstration on how to get it to speak back the total time that is left. Uh, for cooking. So just a great demonstration overall. And by golly, is this not oops, a slip there? <laughs> With that, we're going to finish this up and finally get it published mm -hmm. so all of you can have a listen. Yeah, and uh, you guys, really, if you decide to order one of these ovens, um, I think you'll really, really like it. 
I know you'll like it if you'll spend the time with it that we have because mm-hmm. I, I just I, I use it every day, honestly. I do too. And a lot of people have ordered, well, some of the people have ordered the Navage that we're talking about. And if you don't order the oven, <laughs> you can just go back to the Navage and just stick it up your nose, you know. <laughs> But we're really happy that you are. Uh, we love you, people, honestly. <laughs> we may not show it, but we really do. Thank you for all of your uh, following. I just am so impressed about so many people that I've talked to that says that uh, you are uh, already subscribed in our podcast feed. You know, it's just great. Yes, tremendous. Thank you again. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's leave these kind people and get this thing up and published. Thanks Bye, for y'all. Thanks for listening, you guys. On behalf of Randy Rustic and myself, this is Bill Tillery saying thank you again so much for joining us on this episode of Accessibility Moving Forward. We are always pleased when you send us your suggestions and comments, reachingamf at gmail.com. That's reachingamf at gmail.com. You also may contact us via Twitter. Our handle there is at A11YAMF. That's at A11YAMF. Or you may leave us a voicemail at 218-209-2133. That's 218-209-2133. As always, you, our listeners, are the most important part of this cast. It would be worthless to do it without you. Thanks, and be with us next time for our next episode of Accessibility Moving Forward. Be sure to check out that podcast because they always have an interesting podcast. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Any, I think it's an interesting uh, oven. Yeah, it, uh, you could bake your steaks in there, Jeff. Yeah. You could bake your steaks. Anybody else going to wait in on this or were you asleep? Well, we're here. I guess if you don't have a, if you're just moving or something and you don't have either, it'd be one, a microwave or an oven, it'd be one way to get both. True. I mean, it might make it a little more accessible than the June and the fact that more people could use a Lady A device versus their iPhone if they're not a strong iPhone user, perhaps. Or perhaps if they didn't have the extra $250 to buy the June. So I guess there's advantages one way or the other. Okay, I'm sorry. We'll get... Jennifer just raised her hand. Okay. Go ahead, Jennifer. Is she muted? She's unmuted. Jennifer's unmuted. She's talking, but I don't... I don't hear either. I don't know what's going on, but but she definitely is unmuted on my end. Maybe her mute is on on the phone. I don't know. That, that's possible. Because there. You, Did that do it? I, yes. I, and I didn't mean to mute you earlier, Jennifer, but you were talking in the background, I, and I just muted you at the time. But uh, go ahead. Well, I muted, I muted this phone when I had it on the speakerphone, and then when Bill came in, I took it off the speakerphone, and it must unmute it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. 
Yep. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it would do that. I thought if you muted it, it would stay muted until you unmuted it. But anyway. Fortunately, it didn't go out over the air because you were all muted in that particular thing. Did you have a comment you wanted to make, Jennifer? I was just going to say as much trouble as June is having with the iPhone app crashing, it, that would make me even more encouraged to use an oven like the Amazon oven. June. Because basically that's the only way we can use the right. June pretty much through the iPhone app. Right. Uh, Chris and Dave probably won't like this so much, but June has really let the ball down. Um, you can't even update your you can't update your programs anymore or do anything and this has went on for three or four weeks and some users have had a lot of crashes with their phone and it makes it to where you have to get a sighted person to reconfigure um, the oven to get your phone back on and it's it's bad it's really 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 bad and we're seeing nothing but promise after well the end of the week week comes it goes again week comes it goes again chris david it's really kind of sad because it had it was a good idea and if they would do something to make the camera so that it was more accessible I mean, yeah. then you could conceivably do those use things. The camera, because it recognizes a lot of things, but. But it's. You guys have anything to say? Well. Everybody has their own I, I still really like the oven. It's true that they need to fix the part about when it crashes, you have to get somebody sighted. That is very inconvenient. We've been lucky so far, ours has not crashed. And I don't know why that is. And they really do need to fix the programs, and I think they will. I just, I do wish they would hurry. Yeah, but these are, these are known. I mean, they're having some major quality issues. Like, if you follow their the group page where the users are writing, they, one lady said her uh, light bulbs, one of them cracked when she was using the dehydrate cycle and there's lots of people complaining about the elements breaking like the ceramic ends crack and but I guess for, for our purposes thing, but. we really have to talk about that accessibility issue and that's that's a problem um, especially when you pay that much money right yeah it's it's they're not the only ones that have broken an app. Um, Instapot, Instant Pot has broken their Wi-Fi well, app as well. They don't get a pass on that either. Um, uh, and it's their issue because you get a server error message. I have to let I you can, guys go because my Instacart shopper is shopping. Okay. I can think of about four different devices now that have broken apps. So, I mean, I think... You know, I mean, none of them should get a pass, but when you're relying solely on the app, well, that's it right. puts you in kind of a bad spot because then you got a $400 piece of equipment you can't use. A $500 piece of equipment. Um, 
Well, my point was, you know, it's not just June. I mean, there are Amazon products that don't work well, correctly, too, as far as that goes. I mean, it, it's, it's technology, and the people are not... They're not following the guidelines. Following, yeah, that's right. They're not using the guidelines to make it work. And and I can agree with you there. I, I agree with you, but not acknowledging it and dodging it and not doing anything about it, um, you know, that's, that's an issue. And companies, you know, if they tout the fact that these things are going to be accessible, then they probably need to put a little time to make sure that it does work. And you get a little discouraged if you fire up your June oven and the app, and then all of a sudden you get a crash anytime you go in there and you have to get a sighted person and they get a little disgusted because they got to put it back in again. Because... I mean, if, especially if it's not caused by human error, if all you do is open the app and it crashes... You know, if it was just happening on one phone, you might say, hmm, but that is a problem. Um, you know, but I guess, like Chris said, it'll pass, maybe. Um, and, you know, they can work on it, but it is, it's very, very, very difficult to... Well, it's like, it's like buying a brand new car, and I can give you a perfect example. In 1976, Plymouth came out with the Plymouth Valari. Right. It was supposed to be the greatest car that ever came down the pipe. And so I bought one. And I had nothing but trouble with it. Now, they fixed it later in a different model. But, you know, that's the problem with technology. You have to, if you're going to have something, you have to be able to keep after it, keep, make it, make sure that it works. And that's the problem with being first. You know, unfortunately... Well, you know, this is June's second crack at this, but but if I go out here and I buy a new air conditioner and it doesn't work up to as the way they advertised it, our state has a lemon law or some kind of law that the consumer has a right to have something reasonably work. Now, you're going to have problems from time to time, of course. But the problem is with that though, Bill, is that for the average person who's not blind, it works fine. I mean, because they can use the oven or use the camera or scroll through it. Right. Now, fortunately, the sighted people that are having the problem with the June on the app they can go back in and correct it themselves. What one guy said he had it happen three or four times or whatever. At least he can fix his real quick, and that's great. That is great, and it makes it usable, but he could go to the the alternative and make, you know, and make it work. But they all have their issues. I, I will agree with you, but I do think that they're not not doing that and we got a couple raised hands and then we gotta get out of here uh do we have raised hands chris are you on that or do you see those yes i see mary ann and i see joe all right skip mary ann 
We'll take Mary Ann, I guess. Ladies first. Hi, I guess my hand hadn't gotten lowered from before. So, but I will take a little crack at this. And one thing I would suggest, uh, we are getting close to the time of conventions and so on and so forth. And I might suggest very sensibly, at least to see about submitting resolutions to both conventions this year on standards of maintaining accessibility for things and citing things like the June oven and other products that are actually touted as something good for the blind to use and then in later versions or app updates or whatever those things go uh, kaput and are not as effective as they were. Uh, that's that's one place I would suggest something and I, I would also suggest a, a, a campaign of contacting the company and so on and so forth and saying, hey, you know, that you guys said this was great for blind people to use. Now blind people can't use this. And meanwhile, we've spent such and such an amount of money to get this product. I don't think there's anything wrong with a little collective action when it comes to something like this and, and having it become public. A very, very good suggestion. You know, um, you don't have to be nasty to them, but you have to make them aware and be very proactive. Um, and we're welcome. They're welcome to come on the coffee club or any, you know, at any time and explain why this can't be done or, you know, what the problem is. And then, you know, it's fine. But thank you, Mary. And those were great points. And we have Joe. Okay, Joe. Actually, it's me. It's Ellen. <laughs> okay. But that's okay. That's all right, Chris. Um, quick, quick question here on that demo that was that was just done. If somebody does not have the A Lady or the iPhone, can you still use the Braille overlay? Well, she's talking about the oven. Uh, you're talking about the oven. You would mm, the one that, yeah, the the smart oven. You could use the Braille overlay, but I, I think in order for the oven to be effective, you would still have to have the A lady. Not that you necessarily have to use it, but I believe. And Dave, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you have to have some connectivity for it to do recipes or to do the things that it needs to do. Well, okay, I was just that's, so, that's probably right because, you know, the, the microwave obviously has menus and things like that. So, and if you don't have something to make that unit talk, it, well, and Bill said that there were instructions so that you could use the Braille overlay to get through the menus and do... Of course, you'd have to keep your place because you wouldn't be getting any verbal feedback without the echo. So the, the answer is, even Ellen, like yourself, you and Joe probably aren't Internet users. I don't know. But... Um, 
you've you've got the basic setup there already for a you know you already got a wi-fi going at your house so a dot maybe with a little help from you to get started would not be a big investment or a big problem and a dot comes with that particular oven so i don't know um you know if that would that would make it work for you i do believe but in essence yes you would have to have the dot but the dot comes with it so it has to be paired but how much you could use with just the braille display probably could so you'd also have to have wi-fi yeah and i think they have wi-fi because they have internet so yeah yeah and don't you have um Alan, do you you do have the internet at home, right? You have because you're you're talking to us now, or do you do you have the internet at all? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, um, yes, we do. Hang on just a minute. Okay, um, yes, we have internet, um, but we you know it's just that um, we don't have the smart devices. You know, we don't have the. The A lady or our. Uh, okay, well the A lady. We, we do have an iPhone, but we use it for other reasons. Right, but the the A lady comes with that particular oven. They give you one, so. Oh, okay. That that's a part of that. So, as long as you're aware of that and you can use that A lady effectively, well then, that's good. And the A lady. You know, once you probably get a little help to get it set up, um, you will have no problem there. You want to say something, Tim? I know we're running over and I'm ready to go to you. Were you going to say something, Tim? No. Okay. All right. I want to thank every... We're not missing any hands, are we, Chris? No, we are not. Okay. All right. Well, I think we are ready to go. Thank everybody for all their contributions. And Julie, hi to you. I see you just left the meeting. Um, and stay tuned for Tim. Because, you know, oh, I left the meeting and I didn't know it. <laughs> so I guess we're ready to go. We'll talk to you all later. Uh and we'll be right here. Oh.